Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. He's uh, just enjoying, I guess, the ACC tournament and going to probably fill out a bracket. And who knows, maybe he'll have the perfect bracket on his hands. Bill, how are you? <laughs> well, I guess we'll, we'll see it finish up uh, tomorrow. Uh, and of course, uh, the Back in the day, the ACC tournament w was in many ways the pinnacle of uh, bas college basketball, uh, uh, you, you know, leading into the NCAA. Uh, and there were lots and lots of folks who had um, tickets to the ACC tournament every year, and it was always in Greensboro. And of course, it's in Greensboro, uh, has been this week. Um, uh, my parents always went with a group of their friends and they had the same seats every year and, you know, it was a tradition for them. And, of course, traditions like that are absolutely wonderful. But that was back in the day when typically the ACC only got two invitations. Uh, the Typically, the uh, whatever team uh, won the regular season uh, championship, if you will, uh, and then the winner of the ACC tournament went to the NCAA. That was back when they only had 32 teams uh, in the NCAA. And, of course, now it's not the same significance because, uh, what are there, 64 or 68 teams that get invited to the 68. NCAA? 68. Uh, and so it's pretty normal for the ACC to get five to seven invitations to the NCAA. Don't know how many we'll get this year. And of course, uh, uh, I hope Carolina gets an invitation. Uh, and of course, they're on that bubble where they may not. Uh, but um, it's the kind of thing where um, I, I would certainly I mean, we know NC State's going, and we know Duke is going, so it, it's only right for Carolina to be in there too. Um, uh, I mean, nobody expects them to win uh, this year because they've had such difficulties, but uh, they, they'd probably get a whole lot farther down the road um, in the NCAA than people actually expect them to because they really are a good team. It's just that they can't hit a three-point shot. <laughs> not well anyway i i should stop on on that um you know um there are a lot of folks who are delighted that uh, that carolina may not get an invitation and i i get that but i i tend to to enjoy watching all three of our local teams uh there and, and of course being a davidson grad uh davidson was in the southern uh conference uh tournament up in new york this week as well but you know nobody really cares what goes on there so <laughs> well uh, I, I appreciate your analysis but let's let's get down to business mm. here is you mean you want to talk about asset protection i can't believe that i mean i'm happy to talk <laughs> basketball but i think your time is better spent talking well, about some asset protection you're you're right you're right okay so um, I would like to start out our, our serious discussion uh, on, uh, in many ways, um, 
at least for financial purposes and asset protection purposes, um, the most important document that people should have, and of course half the folks don't have them at all, but the most important document for lifetime issues. You know, for me, estate planning is just, it's just as important as to how your planning documents work during your lifetime as how they work at your death. I mean, you know, a lot of folks think, oh, estate planning is all about death. I don't want to do that. I mean, I get that. But the fact is that most of your estate planning is about how do I take care of myself and my spouse and my family during my lifetime? And, you know, what? Okay. And then, of course, part of it is how do I take care of them upon my death? Uh, and that can be important for young people who have young children. Uh, and, it, you know, it's just as important if, for everybody uh, because it, none of us know uh, when uh, our time comes. Thanks, thank the Lord <laughs> that we don't know. Um, but at, at um, uh, you know that that's. But the fact is, is that it's like anything else. If you have a good plan, and same thing's true in business. I mean, you don't conduct business just on the seat of your pants, hoping that it all comes out right, you got a plan and you got to implement a plan and then you have to keep at it. You know, you don't do one plan and implement it and then stay static. It's an evolving kind of thing. Uh, And so your personal plans um, are just like business plans in that way. Uh, You create the best plan based on current circumstances and then make sure your plan is flexible enough to where uh, it can evolve uh, as your needs evolve. You know, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fact that life changes, our goals change, our financial situations change, our family situation changes, um, and that's just life. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I wanted to focus on our general durable power of attorney sometimes called our financial power of attorney or our business power of attorney. Um, but the fact is, it's, it's uh, the document we use to name a trusted person in our life, which normally would be your spouse or a child, uh, but not everybody has a spouse, not everybody has a child. So it's, it could be a professional, it could be a sibling, it could be a close friend, it can be lots and lots of different people, but it's the person we pick as whom we trust to not take advantage of us, to implement the plan that we have, whatever it is, and to not screw it up, and to take care of us the way we would want to be taken care of. And obviously, a power of attorney it is to hand the reins over to that trusted person when we're no longer able to, to efficiently do uh, what we need to do for ourselves. And, and sometimes that's because we are disabled. Uh, sometimes it's because our memory is fading. Uh, or it might be we're just tired of doing it, so we want to hand it over. So, it, you know, it's 
Um, and, and truthfully, in terms today, we have the added situation where there's scoundrels out there who um, who make our our life online uh, a mess that we have to worry about people who can steal our identities and and uh, and and use our personal information against us to to steal from us. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, seniors, uh, when when folks approach 80, uh, there are two things the Attorney General's Consumer Protection Division emphasizes for folks. Even if we're in good health, even if we our mind is perfectly good and we're managing everything, it, it's time at that point when we're approaching 80 to uh, the 80 years of age uh, to um, uh, have a trusted person look over things for us. In other words, look at our bank account every month uh, just to see, uh, because all of us, even smart folks, screw up. I mean, have I screwed up like this? Of course I have. So have you. So it's kind of thing where making sure that there's no nefarious thing uh, that we're paying for that we don't intend to pay for uh, shows up in our bank accounts. Um uh, also, to freeze our credit is is another easy way to keep people from other people from establishing credit in our name, and freezing credit does not in any way impact our ability to use the credit with, that we have, or even to establish new credit. I mean, what we do. I mean, let's give you an example. Let's say that you've frozen your credit and you want to buy a new car and finance it. Well, what you do is you go find your car, you get ready to finance, you unfreeze your credit at the credit bureau that the car dealer uses, because there's three credit bureaus, (laughs) and you don't know which one they use until you, you ask. You unfreeze your credit, and then as soon as the loan goes through, you freeze it back, and and that's a a safety uh, measure. Uh, Now, Anybody who has listened to me for more than a month (laughs) or my clients know that one of the things that I try to emphasize, and this is what most people ignore, but but I, I try to tell folks how important it is that seniors who have a trusted loved one, not everybody has a trusted loved one, but most people actually do, thank the Lord, so for those who have a trusted loved one that they can turn to for help, you should have an extraordinarily broad general durable power of attorney, one that gives a great deal of authority. And why? Because the typical power of attorney that you will get from attorneys across the state or if you're copying down somebody else's power of attorney, which some people do, which they shouldn't, but they do, or they get it out of online kind of thing, those, those kind of things, or they use the statutory form, which, of course, a lot of attorneys use the statutory form. It doesn't allow you to do the kind of asset protection that seniors want to be able to do uh, when they get to be seniors. Uh, 
uh, and, and now, what? when are we seniors? I can't answer that. You know, AARP, this was one really makes me mad, makes all of us mad. We get our first letter when we turn 50. And I would say, are we seniors when we turn 50? I wasn't. <laughs> so, But there are folks who um, have issues when they're that young. Uh, but most of us do not, you know, are, you know, do people uh, become disabled in their 50s? Yes. I mean, that age is one, if you will. You, then you end up with issues like folks who are much, much older. But, you know, I've, I have 90-year-olds who are, ju- you know, you, you would think they were 65 and, and with a young spirit and they're still healthy and their mind is good. And then I have others who aren't even 70 and you would think they have one foot in the grave. It's you know, from my perspective, being, uh, uh, um, you know, it, it's not a number once you get up to a certain age. It really is everything to do with with your health and attitude. If your health is good and you're active and you're enjoying life, you might as well be 60 as 80, you know. Um, so, uh, but like I said, we, we all age differently. Uh, and that's a blessing. You know, we're all different. You know, we have, you, you, you know, we're unique. There's nobody else out there like us. Uh, isn't that great? You know, so got to have a certain kind of power of attorney. But something that we don't talk about. So I'm getting into it, folks. This is really important. Nobody ever talks about the fact that your general durable power of attorney can be difficult to actually use. So that's what I want to talk about. Now, I know we have to take a break because I talk too much, but it's a really important issue. It's, okay, how do I get past the fact that this institution does not want to take my power of attorney that I had a lawyer draw up and spent money on, and, and it's like they don't want to take it, and why not? And, you know, for the most part, uh, these roadblocks can really make you mad uh, because it's like, why isn't it working? So I want to talk about that and and the the things that people need to know that they should do in order to be able to utilize this extraordinarily important document. I think it's an important conversation because usually as if you're in a situation where you need to use these documents, you're probably in a very stressful situation already. So encountering those roadblocks is only going to add to that and knowing how to navigate this is important. So please stick around for that. Don't forget, if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, maybe you need to have a general general durable power of attorney set up for you, or maybe you would like to have your documents reviewed by an elder law attorney You can do that with Bill. Schedule an appointment to see him. Go to WGALaw.com. There you can easily schedule an appointment. You can also find information at WGALaw.com about Bill's free webinars. We just had a set of webinars this past Wednesday. The next set is happening on Wednesday, April 12th. You can register for free. It's free to attend, and you can enjoy this from the comfort of your own home. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This 
is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or find information about his free webinars. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about the general durable power of attorney and how this is such an important document. But uh, when it comes to execution and using this document, there can be challenges. No question. And, of course, uh, I reemphasize the fact that powers of attorney are different. I mean, there are a thousand different ways to actually um, uh, prepare a, a general durable power of attorney. And that's why I say seniors need one that's very aggressive, allows your agent to do everything uh, possible uh, on your behalf. But then using it can be an issue. So you've got a power of attorney. Uh, you know, mom is, is sick at home, uh, so you, and she needs you to go to the bank and get on her account so that you can uh, sign her checks and pay her bills and basically take care of the financial issues that uh, she is facing. So you go to the bank and uh, you present your valid, legally done uh, power of attorney with all the right signatures and the notary and, and the whole bit. Uh, and you uh, meet with the manager or one of the folks at the bank and, and what do they say? Sorry, ma'am, but if uh, your mom can't come in here herself and do this, uh, then you're going to need a court order. We, we can't accept this document. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that you're going, what do you mean? This is a, a legal document. And quite frankly, those types of cases are where you have to stand your ground because, the, quite frankly, they don't know what whoever's talking to you. It's sort of like, no, I need to talk to your manager. And no, uh, we need to send this to your legal department. And if I can't talk to the legal department, I need you to send this to the legal department and so that you can call me and tell me to come back and sign these documents because you don't have the right to not accept these documents uh, on my mother's behalf. She cannot come in here, or if she did, she would. She's incompetent now, and this is a durable power of attorney. Uh, so uh, there are uh, lots and lots of times where you just have to stand your ground. You know, another one that you can uh, get into. It, it's like, oh. Well, we don't accept this particular power of attorney. We have to get your mom to sign our power of attorney. Now, can they do that? No. I mean, if you can accommodate them and say, well, okay, I'll get my mom to sign yours so that I'll have less problems. But let's say mom is incompetent and there's no way that she can actually sign this new document. It's like 
no, no, no. The, you know, you cannot do this. Uh, basically, you need to send this up to your legal department and have them review it and so that I can sign these documents. And again, this is a stand-your-ground issue when you run into institutions that want you to use their document um, instead of what you have. And 99% of the time, the institution is absolutely wrong and that, that, you know, your document is perfectly fine to be used for everything that you want it to be used for. Um, So, like, stand your ground is one of the um, most important um, things that you have to, to know when you're using a power of attorney and you don't have your mother with you to say, let my daughter sign, here's the damn document, Um, you know, those kinds of things. Now, with that said, there are at least two instances where your validly done general durable power of attorney doesn't work and you can't use it. Do you know what those are? I have no clue. Well, let's talk about them. There's two that people run into regularly that actually have the right to say, sorry, we can't accept this. One is Social Security. You know, you're trying to help uh, your uh, mom or dad, uh, you know, file their Social Security claim or uh, do whatever needs to be done with Social Security, you know, make an election, you know, dad died, mom uh, is uh, feeble and, and can't go in, and you have the power of attorney, you're trying to, to get that resolved on her behalf. Well, guess what? Social Security is the federal government. Uh, it's based on federal law. And the federal government does not have to accept a state document. And a general durable power of attorney is based on state law, not federal law. So is there an alternative path? Yes. With Social Security, uh, you have to apply to become mom's agent. And it's, it's, uh, you are the personal representative but Social Security has to appoint you as that agent. The fact that your mom has appointed you the agent doesn't mean anything to Social Security. So they have a process where um, they appoint someone that, that and, and typically if you've been appointed her agent under her general durable power of attorney, then you certainly have the right to apply to be your mom's personal representative under social security laws. And once you're the personal representative, of course, then you're going to be sent uh, her money into a separate account that's been established on her behalf, if you will, uh, because they require that separate accounting. Um, And in some ways, it makes it far easier for you uh, when it is a separate account because, you know, that's what they expect. Now, the other uh, one that can deny you is another federal agency. Um, it's the VA. You know, so our military veterans and their families have the same issue 
with the VA. And so now, do they have their own process? Of course they do. It's called red tape. <laughs> okay. So now, and a lot of folks don't know this, but okay, your mom has given you a validly, validly done um, health care power of attorney. Will And your veteran uh, uses the VA health care system. Will they accept your health care power of attorney? No, this is the VA. They're going to have a roadblock for you, okay? But when it comes to health care, the VA has its own health care power of attorney. So guess what, veterans? Uh, uh, our military guys uh, need uh, to not only, if they're using the VA health care system, and uh, most veterans do not use the VA health care system, but those who do should, in fact, have not only a state uh, health care power of attorney, you know, the one that attorneys normally give you, but they also need to fill out a VA health care power of attorney, which, of course, is a VA form that you can download and fill out and use uh, that form. And the VA will accept their own form, of course, but that's the only one that they will actually accept. Um, and, and then, but the healthcare power of attorney does not allow you to deal with the veteran's VA benefits. In other words, the money, okay? So like Social Security, the VA has... A, a system set up where you apply to be the personal representative and the, the VA actually investigates you as the proposed agent. Uh, you know, they call your neighbors. They do, you know, they the VA actually does um, a pretty good job of investigation. And it's not a perfunctory kind of thing most of the time. Uh, sometimes they get it done very quickly. Sometimes it takes them several months before they will actually appoint a personal representative. It just depends on who's doing it and those kinds of things within their system. Uh, but the fact is that to control a, a veteran's um, money that comes from the VA, if the veteran is not capable of handling it themselves, then the VA is going to appoint a personal representative. So that's their methodology of avoiding acceptance of your general durable power of attorney. But other than those federal agencies that say no, and of course the other one that can be a little bit tricky is the Internal Revenue Service, uh, they will accept your power of attorney as long as it is done according to uh, the Internal Revenue Code. In other words, they have their own particular language that they want to see in your state documents to accept the agent signature on behalf of the, the power of attorney. And, and then, and I've talked about this before, if you're the agent, the authorized agent, and they're accepting your signature, how do you sign? Uh, you know, uh, that's a really important thing, too. And no, you don't just sign your name. You sign your principal's name that you're acting as the agent for because you're signing on their behalf, 
And then after their signature that you've just done yourself, you put by his or her, you know, and you can use POA, AIF, or agent. Any of those means the same thing. You're acting as the agent. And then you sign your name under that, or you sign your name as agent, you know. And that makes it clear that you're not signing for yourself. You're signing under their authority uh, on their behalf, and that's really important too. As you can hear that there are many levels to this and making sure that uh, you're able to execute these plans in, in the proper way, it can be overwhelming, especially if you're dealing with a long-term care crisis and making sure that you've got your documents set up in the right order and understanding how to use them and what they can do and what they can't do. It's really important that you get the guidance of an elder law attorney if you are dealing with a long-term care crisis or if you see one coming down the road in the future. As you can see, doing this on the fly uh, is is just, it would be overwhelming. So making sure that you have your plans in order is key. Why don't you register for one of Bill's free webinars to go ahead and get the ball rolling? It's free to do so. There's no charge to you. It's highly educational. You can do so by going to WGA Law. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. Just click on the seminars button at the top of the page. Or you can call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, as well as asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to register for Bill's free webinar. Speaking of which, Bill, you just had your webinars this past Wednesday. I hope that, uh, I know you always have fun doing those. So I, I hope the turnout went well and you had a, a good time. It, it is always good and I always enjoy it. Uh, it you know, we have, uh, we've been doing our uh, webinars for many years now, golly day, at, uh, I'd say 20 plus years. Uh, and now, uh, in time before COVID, we did actually face-to-face seminars, but since COVID, we've been doing webinars. But we still do two: uh, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, every second Wednesday of every month. Uh, and they are all well attended. And quite frankly, I love them because they're fun. Uh, uh, people learn a lot, which is what they're all about. And of course, they're free. Uh, I enjoy doing them because I enjoy teaching folks as much as I can teach them uh, as it relates to long-term care, Medicaid eligibility, how to protect their assets uh, if they apply for Medicaid, how we can help them do that if they want our help. Um, And then in the afternoon, I talk about asset protection and how trust works and, and assets that people have that are already protected in in one way or another. 
and uh, what they can do to elevate their asset protection. And that's a lot of fun, too. And actually, uh, that webinar has been extraordinarily well attended and appreciated. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where um, if folks have not attended either one of those, uh, they're both important. They're both areas that most people know very little about. Uh, and if you can spend a couple hours with us, uh, you'll come away with a lot of extremely helpful information. It's, they're subjects that everyone cares about, too, and you likely have someone touched uh, in your life that may be dealing with a long-term care situation, and we all want to do our own asset protection and understand uh, how we can secure things for our loved ones. Uh, it's something that really touches us all. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button if you would like to register and attend one of Bill's free webinars happening on April 12th, Wednesday, April 12th. It's free to register. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. All right, Bill, let's let's get back to talking about the general durable power of attorney. Okay, so uh, this is a very common thing too. Let's say mom has actually said, uh, please help me with my finances. Uh, make sure my bills are paid uh, and the like. And uh, mom has uh, actually asked you to do this and signed a power of attorney. And and it, let's just say for either that or there is no power of attorney, but mom still asked you to do it. Uh, and um, or you have a power of attorney and you had a problem at the bank and, you know, you don't have much time to deal with things like that and you're angry at the bank. And it's like, well, I'm, I can sign my mama's name pretty good, you know. And, and truthfully, the banks don't look at the signatures uh, carefully at all. And it's sort of like, well, I'll, I've got mom's checkbook, and she's right here, and I'll just write her checks and and sign her name on her behalf. Uh, is there a problem with that? I mean, she's signed a power of attorney. Now, the bank hadn't accepted it, but she's got a power of attorney. She's asked you to do it. You're a good person. You're trying to do what's best for mom, even though you've run into a roadblock. Is there a problem with signing her name? under those circumstances? And the answer is, there is a little problem. The fact is, what you've just done is illegal. It's called forgery. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, are you going to go to jail for, for it? Probably not. I mean, that would be highly unusual. Uh, but it to some degree, it might depend on what checks you're writing and to whom and why, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of financial abuse out there. And if you're not a really good person doing everything right, uh, quite frankly, it is a criminal offense. And you could go to jail for several different reasons, but you're just going right down that line. Okay, so that's illegal. So that's not a good thing to do. Uh, what about the thing that is fairly common as well? And that is, oh, well, mom's given me her username and password to her bank account, and I can go online and act like I'm her and make sure her bills are paid. How about that? Is that okay? No. <laughs> uh, that's why among uh, the uh, documents that we prepare 
for our clients is what's called a digital release where mom actually signs a document that says, yes, you have my explicit permission to use my username and password and to pay my bills. Now, the digital release is based on what? That you have a valid general durable power of attorney. In other words, you're acting as mom's agent and then she has further given you permission not only to sign her name to her checks and deal with her bank, but uh, and a lot of other things too, but also to use lawfully her username and password to go online uh, as the, under the authority of your power of attorney as her agent to basically manage her financial affairs at the bank or her financial affairs at her investment institution uh, or her insurance companies or any of, of the like. So again, that those kinds of things can be extremely uh, important to folks in terms of how to deal with it. So guess what? Uh, you need a validly executed uh, and one that gives you full authority to do whatever you need to do uh, uh, as a general durable power of attorney. Some folks ask, well, what's durable? That basically means if mom gets to a point where she's no longer capable of understanding what she's doing, uh, that's when durable means that your power of attorney is still valid. Um, actually, probably six months ago, I actually ran into a power of attorney that was, obviously somebody was using a 50-year-old form because it wasn't durable. And I was shocked. Uh, and so I had to tell the client that, you know, that doesn't have the durable language in here. The title doesn't say durable. It doesn't say anything about the fact that it stays effective uh, after someone is no longer capable of doing their own thing. And I said, this doc, you know, uh, is not valid anymore. Uh, so you can't use it, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, uh, and now, you know, that is a very, very uncommon. I hadn't seen that sort of thing in about 45 years because that, that was about is about 45 years ago, about the time I started practicing law, that, that the law actually changed to allow for durable documents. Because before, if a person became incompetent, you had to go to court, you had to become a guardian, and then it was overseen by the courts. And so, you know, uh, change in laws. Uh, but like I said, you don't see that very often, and I've only seen it once in the last 30 or 40 years, but, you know, once is enough to make it invalid. So, you know, durable is important. Um, uh, so there's some other issues uh, along this line. Uh, you know, how can you actually do things to make it easier to implement a general durable power of attorney? So I'll, I'll do that when we come back. That's a great example of why it's so important to have your documents reviewed. If you do have something that 
uh, has been sitting in a, a file folder or a safe for some time and you haven't gone back and looked at it, you don't want any surprises. So if you would like to schedule an appointment with an elder law attorney, set some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and what is involved with getting financial assistance when it comes to long-term care, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we've been talking throughout the program about the general durable power of attorney, and uh, we left with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Well, okay. Uh, so what are the secrets to, to implement a power of attorney easier uh, you know, so that you're not frustrated and angry over being able to make it done. Well, first of all, don't keep your documents like this in a safe deposit box at the bank. You want your documents to be accessible to you. And the big deal is uh, before mom is incompetent, in other words, while she's still capable, but she's it's gotten to the time at, what, at whatever age that uh, she is really looking for assistance, but she's still there. She's still capable of, of doing some and helping with the management, If you, uh, even though she's turning some of it over. Or even before that, in some cases, while mom can do it, or dad, of course, for her to go with you to the bank, uh, because it just makes it easier. It's like, here's my agent, here's the document, Damn it, do it, <laughs> you know, uh, because then they don't have an excuse not to put her on your accounts as agent. And it's always better to be on your account as an agent than going down there without the document and you end up with a joint account with right of survivorship. Yeah, I don't want that. You want your loved one on there as your agent. Now, I'm not generally talking about spouses, but it might be a spouse as well. Same thing's true with the financial institution, although that's normally a phone call. Uh, same thing with your insurance companies and others. You know, if you can actually get your name on the document as agents while your loved one can actually say, yes, this is my agent, I want her on as my agent, then you're going to end up with far less resistance. And once you're on the, do the account as agent, then you're going to be able to do anything that you need to do at that point based on your general durable power of attorney, that critical document. 
it is a critical document. Make sure that you have it and make sure that uh, it is going to work the way you want it to. Schedule some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, April 12th. Learn more when it comes to Medicaid, VA benefits, and financial assistance for long-term care costs. Also learn more about asset protection and trust planning. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend, a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more from Bill. That will do it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.